0: morning everyone we're um, going to be looking this morning at meeting the living God that's our title I don't know what um, you first think of when you hear the word meeting what about this (laughs) <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Hopefully not quite. Here we go. <laughs> A meeting. Let's do one. Maybe it's the donuts that appeal. Maybe it's the... uh Pointing with a stick. But um, in our world, we kind of get this idea of what a meeting is and what it should be. And, uh, well, is meeting the living God going to fit into that? I wonder. Uh, oh, I just get a blank one on there? Well, we're looking... Um, at a particular meeting in the life of Abraham. And we've been looking over the last few weeks at Abraham's journey. He started off as Abraham and he became Abraham. And I just wonder if I could get a little bit of help from some people at the front just to set our meeting today in context. Um, If people could just stand up and hold these so that people can see, is that all right? Can I start over here? It's like a little timeline. When Abraham's 75... He kind of settles uh, in, the, in the land that God has uh, promised him. And then at some point... Are you all right to stand up and hold that? Thank you. I'm sure um, we don't know exactly when uh, this covenant uh, happened in terms of his actual age, but it's somewhere between these two. Um, would Steve, would you be able to do that one? Um, we know that when he's um, 86, Ishmael is born... And we were looking a bit uh, at that last week. Um, But Ishmael is not the child of the promise in that respect. Now, I think that must be this way up. 99. Are you able to hold that one? Is that okay? Thank you. Um, This is where we're kind of set today. So it's kind of age 99, there's this special meeting takes place, and again, last week we looked at this idea of the confirmation of the covenant, the circumcision, and then we get a deeper account of this meeting, although it, it possibly could have been a meeting within the same year, but it's not. But then um, we get this one. I need to, yeah, are you okay to do that one? Would you be able to cater? It's great having our guests on this side getting so involved. Thank you. Um... And uh, so finally, Abraham does die at the age of 175. So this meeting, um, or this timeline, spans about 100 years, and we've got this, what we're going to look at today, kind of sits in here. A lot happens in here as well, um, with Abraham's family. So this journey is a long, long journey. It's it's a lifetime of a journey. Thank you very much. I don't need those back <laughs> can just leave them there, that's great so that kind of sets the um, the when the meeting uh, takes place always good to have a, a location for your meeting usually you tell everyone the same location there might be one or two people who you uh, tell a different location but um, that can get you into trouble where did it take place? well Mamre, or the trees, specifically in our, our passage. Um, is, this is near Hebron, and um, if your geography is anything like mine, Hebron, you, you, I still couldn't exactly place that in uh, Israel without uh, a map, so here we go, um, just to the south of Jerusalem. And this, perhaps more importantly than the physical geographical location, this is Abraham's home now. This is where he's living. So the meeting is at his house, if you like, if we put it simply. So the meeting is at Abraham's house or in his lands. So who's at this meeting then? We've looked at the when, we've looked at the where, who's there? Well, the Lord turns up with two angels. And so there's the three visitors, um, and they come and visit Abraham. But we've got some other characters that come in. The servants are in attendance for Abraham, and Sarah is there also. So that's the when, the where, and the who. So what actually happens? Well, if you like, the minutes are recorded for us in Genesis 18. And that's the passage that we're going to be reading. Let's pray just before we read that. Lord, we do want to really thank you that you've given us your word, that we can look at these characters and see your hand at work, and that we can apply these things to our own lives because you're a God who does not change. And we want to pray that as we read this, we would hear from you. Lord, speak to us, we pray, from your living word. Amen. So Genesis 18 is on page 17 of the Bibles in front of you. And we'll read the whole chapter. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre, while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favour in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Um, just just a little uh, note there. You might see in verse 18, or cha- verse 1 of chapter 18, we see Lord printed in capitals in this Bible. That's, um, that's Yahweh, that's the Lord God, Yahweh. Uh, and then we see Lord in lowercase, and that's, that's um, how we might see it as... Uh, someone in authority or position so he's treating them all as lords but there's only one lord god yahweh and that's in capitals as we go through the rest of the chapter that's quite an important idea that this lord capitals is is god the father yahweh Um, so he says uh, let a little water be brought and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way, now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seers, uh, that's about 22 litres, so this is a serious bit of um, cooking going on here, of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected choice tender calf I think that's the whole one for the uh, the few of them and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it he then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them while they ate he stood near them under a tree where is your wife Sarah they asked him they're in the tent he said then the Lord said I will surely return to you about this time next year and Sarah your wife will have a son Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Don't get too hard on Sarah at that point, because in the previous chapter, Abraham was laughing as well at the same suggestion. Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, Yes, you did laugh. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, Then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Then Abraham spoke up again, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city because of five people? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again he spoke to him, what if only 40 are found? He said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. What if only ten can be found there? He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. So what's the significance of this meeting as we look, if you like, at the the minutes, quite detailed minutes in some places? There seems to be two distinct parts to the meeting, doesn't there? There's like one encounter, but there's two conversations going on almost. And um, the first is this confirmation of a covenant that's already been established, the promise of a child despite his old age, and the second part about Sodom. I'd like to um, focus on what I think in here is a key verse, and that's verse 18. Um, it's clear from this verse that God intends to bless the whole world through Abraham. All the nations will be blessed. Well, Abraham now knows the timescale for the promise to be fulfilled, doesn't he? One year maximum, that's the time scale. It's pretty obvious now, if it doesn't happen within a year, God's lied, covenant's broken, it's all a load of rubbish. So he's got a timescale. He knows the child will be born to Sarah and not a servant. So that bit that got all a bit confused and messy earlier on, that's sorted as well. It's Sarah. And the presence of these angels um, they, it goes on in... If you read on into chapter 19, it immediately follows on the two angels. And they're immediately into those two figures again. Um, the two angels appear to kind of corroborate and confirm this for Abraham. Um, although their importance is probably more significant later on. But their presence clearly impresses Abraham... Because he rolls out everything with all his hospitality that he can offer. It's great. I think there's this baby theme going on this morning. And as we've got Matthew dedicated, um, we're now looking here at this promise of a baby to Abraham as he hears to the Lord, hears from the Lord in the presence of angels. So he knows when it's going to happen it has got one year to wait, maximum. And then, this promise that he is to be the patriarch of blessing to all nations. Well, how is that going to happen? Abraham didn't really know how that was going to happen, but we can see it. Let's have a look at Matthew chapter 1. That's uh, on page 965 which isn't numbered. So page 965 is Matthew 1. Now, we won't read that whole genealogy, because otherwise you'll just end up laughing at my pronunciation of all those characters. But we'll read the first little bit. Here is a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Verse 2, Abraham was the father of Isaac. So Abraham starts, and then when you read down through all those names, some of which are familiar and we know about, others we know very little about, Uh, we don't even know how to say their names. And then we get down to the end of verse 16, who is called Christ. So Abraham is promised Isaac, so Abraham starts, if you like, the Jewish nation, and then we get this other child of promise through which all the blessing to all nations will come Jesus Christ and I think there are similarities here in the foretelling of the birth there's this presence of angels in people's homes that's kind of inescapable it happens at the birth of or the promise at the birth of Isaac and the promise of the birth of Jesus Not sure if it happened to Dave and Catherine, but um, they they didn't tell me if it did. Um, But uh, we've got this similarity here. Jesus, though, it is foretold, will save people from their sin. Do the nations need that kind of blessing? Do people need saving from sin? Well, we can look at perhaps the rioters on our streets and the wars around the world, and say, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But what about us? Are we not sinful also? Uh, Romans 3.23, perhaps a very uh, well-known verse, we can read that all fall short of God's glory, all. And therefore, God's solution in Jesus, where all are blessed and all are saved from sin, is a perfect solution. Jesus will restore the relationship between human beings and God. And it starts here with Abraham. What about the next bit of the meeting? Titled in our Bibles, uh, Abraham Pleads for Sodom. Kind of seems to change track completely really. Kind of the bit with uh, the promise of the baby is, is, is kind of done, and then we're on to something else. The men get up to leave, and then it's almost like God decides, actually, Abraham, I haven't finished with you there, there's something else I'd like you to know about. Ever had that at the end of the meeting? Where you sort of have a whole meeting, hours and hours of something, you think you've got it all sorted, you go away, just about to walk out the door, and someone says, oh, by the way, did you know? And then uh, opens up a whole new can of worms, and you think, oh, that's another meeting, I- can happen. <laughs> well, this bit though seems to be uh, a bit more about Abraham and his journey, I think. I mean, much has been written about this dialogue from an angle of persuading God, um, about um, really this uh, idea of prayer and intercession. There's a lot uh, about that, and that is certainly in there, but I'm not sure if that's all that's going on because I, I like this little bit where. God, in a sense, decides to take Abraham into his confidence. Because Abraham's going to be an important character. But not only that, Abraham is on a journey in his relationship with God. So, in a sense, it is right then that as that relationship matures and develops, Abraham gets to understand a little bit more of God's heart. And he gets to be a bit more like God. And as this talk of Sodom and the forthcoming judgment on it starts to appear, Abraham starts to think, hold on, hold on, he's a bit uncomfy with this. God's going to do something that he's not entirely comfortable with. What is it then that makes Abraham so connected with this place? Why, why is he so concerned for it? Is he really getting that heart of God for people? As he progresses in his journey, his heart is becoming like God's. He sees the sin, he sees the need for judgment, but he also has a heart that says, I want justice, I want the righteous and the unrighteous to be treated separately, but even better would be if the whole place was saved, rescued. So I think through this second conversation, we get a sense of God leading Abraham in the next bit of his journey. But there's also a bit where really, at the end of this meeting, Abraham knows a good deal more about the first covenant and promise. He's kind of got all his answers there. He knows the time, it's going to be within a year, he knows it's going to be Sarah. That bit is all sorted out. But he's not walking away from this encounter and this meeting with God, knowing all the answers. He's pleaded for Sodom, got got the Lord down to ten, but he doesn't know whether it will be destroyed or not. That's still then left in the balance. So Abraham doesn't have all the answers. He doesn't leave the meeting with all the answers. Our journeys with the Lord may have a similar feel sometimes as we realise things about God or see promises fulfilled. We never really get to that point, perhaps I'm only speaking for myself here but I'm not sure I am, we never really get to that point where everything is sorted out. We know the future, we know how it's all going to work out, we know the reason for everything that's happened in the past. It's all sorted. We never really get to that point in our journey with God. God leaves us many mysteries in our own lives. Perhaps that we might continue to ponder on him. and We might continue to have faith in him. And because we're on a journey in our relationship with God, as we go on, we get to know him better. Maybe a couple of questions to ponder as an individual response to this then. Do you know you are blessed through Abraham because of Jesus Christ? Have you started the journey of following Jesus Christ? Through whom God is blessing, saving and healing people today. If not, then perhaps um, after this service have a talk with someone who is on the journey. See what it's like. Uh, Maybe the person you came with, or one of the prayer ministry team, or church leader. A second point, maybe, to ponder. Have you had a meeting with the Lord that points you in a certain direction? That reveals something important to you, but you don't have all the information? Well, you're in good company, I think. With Abraham here. I'd urge you continue in faith. Pray about it. And remember this is a journey. Be encouraged. God reveals things when the time is perfect. So in summary then. This meeting. It was arranged by the Lord. And I think was very significant. In Abraham's journey. Can we arrange such a meeting? Well, I don't think we can quite go as far as um, calling angels to our house to reveal the next bit of the plan. But, but we can meet with God. We can read his word, the Bible. We can pray. We can listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We can have fellowship with each other. And in that sense, we can meet with the living God. But I think one word of caution, we need to remember that whether we or the Lord, as it was in this case, instigate the meeting, the journey planner is the Lord. The Lord plans the journey. If you go back a few chapters to Genesis 11, uh, we get this story of people trying to plan and they plan to build a tower. That will speak of their greatness. And the Lord confuses it. The Tower of Babel. And that brought about a judgment. So if we're on this journey. Our pride has to go. We have to walk humbly with the Lord. For this part of our journey. Humbly. Does Abraham seem humble here when he speaks to God again and again and again to get him down from 50 to 10? Is that humble? I think it is a few times there. You see it in the language. But essentially, Abraham at this point, he knows God's in charge. God's the one that's going to bring about these things. And he defers to that. So we can be bold. And we can intercede. We can call on God, but we can do it humbly. So we can plead for others. So let us make sure we plead the case before God for those in our families, our workplace, our streets, our cities, our nation, our world. Spend a moment in quiet as the... uh, music group uh, join us again and then we'll sing some songs in response but let's just, let's just take a moment in quiet let God speak to you from his word